what up everybody this is todd sylvester with the todd sylvester inspires release cast thank you once again for joining me man it has been so much fun doing this um i've, I've got an amazing guest on today his name's jared shaw which you're gonna hear uh his amazing story here in a minute um, I'm just blown away at the feedback from all of you and the support. I just want to thank you for believing in me. Thank you for, you know, sharing this, especially with people who are struggling, because it's given them, you know, some hope and some belief that they can overcome anything. So I want to thank you. I also want to thank our sponsor, Veracity Networks. Thank you for believing in me. Your sponsorship has helped me get this word out to, I mean, I think... Jared and I were just talking, and this we just hit over 80,000 downloads. I mean, to me, that's incredible, man. And that just means a lot of people are going to be uh, inspired today. So, Jared, thank you for joining us today. Thank you. My pleasure. Yeah. Well, so a little bit, uh, a little background on Jared. Um, he He's involved with, I guess you call it a recovery strong, is it a company? It's a brand. It's a brand. Yeah. And we are a company. But yeah. And how long have you been doing Recovery Strong? Oh, I th- God, that's a good question. I think it's 2015. Right around there when I when yeah. I was about nine months sober is when I started. Yeah. So. yeah. so, and the reason why I bring that up right off the bat, it's a it's a brand that's out there. And, you know, if you if you're have anything to do with the recovery world, you know this brand. And it's, 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 it's beautifully done. But what's more important is, is is the message behind it and the help that it's giving people. And we're going to get into that. Okay. Um, you own your own company as well. It's a, is it is am I right? When it, is it Centerline? Yeah, Centerline Development. Centerline Construction Company. Construction Company, yep. which I want to get to know more about. He's married to a beautiful wife. He has two boys, uh, which we'll talk about as well. He's been clean and sober now for uh, going over five years now, and he just has an amazing story. He grew up uh, just up north. Uh, f- from uh, Salt Lake, and uh, I'm just—we've been trying to do this for several months, and we finally here we are. And I'm just excited to have you, Jared. Oh, I'm, I'm so <laughs> glad to be here. Yeah. So why don't why don't we start off just you know letting our listeners know a little background on you, kind of you know what was it like growing up, and about your family. Um, I'm the middle of right in the middle of five other siblings. We okay. got three boys, three girls. Um, okay. Good family, you know, both parents together um, loved us, and, you know, we had enough. We weren't the rich family on the block, but we had all that we needed, and, you know, and so our family's really close, so close that we fight so much, you know, we're (laughs) always seeing each other. Yeah, Yeah. we're going camping after this, all of us down to the Knolls to go ride razors tonight, you know. Oh, nice. We're trying to social distance out in the mountains or down riding four-wheelers and stuff, but yeah, so a family, pretty active family, Um, yeah, just right in the middle, I guess, and that's where kind of the story starts. (laughs) So yeah, so growing up, uh, what was it like, I mean, being the middle child, was that challenging or did you not even really notice it i noticed it um because of sports okay um you know we talked about tyler hansen's story and this sure it'd yeah. be a lot like it um <laughs> i was right in the middle of this story and my older brother was the athlete and uh, okay. i was always in the shadow of him and you know so i i was always trying to be better than i was and i wasn't you know and so that yeah. that kind of stuff really stuck to me like in junior high is when all that i'm not as good as everybody else at some of the stuff you yeah know, sports and but i was i was decent but i didn't know to, i didn't know at the time until later on in life that the way i felt inside like inferior and inadequate right so so i would imagine you felt pressure to kind of like live up to that 
what your brother was kind of doing. Yeah, he was really good at soccer. So he was a yeah. soccer player. I, I played soccer and and he was on the best teams up there in Bountiful. And uh, mm-hmm. I just, I wanted to be good and I saw right. how good he was. And so I don't know that it was anything that my parents did or just the way I felt, but yeah, just kind of always in the shadow and trying to find my place in yeah. life with all those kids too. So yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that's interesting. I think I hear this a lot with sometimes the middle child feels like trying to compete with the older siblings and mm-hmm. and, and I still have to even kind of be the example to the younger and yeah. sometimes it can feel a little overwhelming. Yeah. You know? It was. You know, there's a lot of instances in there like little things that happened that that um codified that uh feeling I had, you know, like soccer tryouts, not making a team where he made it, you know, stuff like that. So there were, and they grew to be kind of a resentment towards my older brother, not anything crazy, but I can see it, it manifested itself later on in life through my drug addiction, you know, that kind of stuff. So, yeah. yeah. Well, let's talk about, you know, growing up with your parents, um, maybe share with us some of the things maybe they taught you that maybe at the time you didn't appreciate, but maybe you're seeing it more now. Well, you know, when, when talking about soccer and the tournaments, you know, my dad, he works for the church. He's worked there his whole life. Um, well, since he had kids and right. he works for the property management side of the church. And so on the weekends, this kind of goes into the story of how I started my own company. Um, when we were little to pay for soccer tournaments, we would go out on the work, uh, the weekends and do work, you know, jackhammer uh, holes out in the road and put in survey points for uh, surveyors. And so when oh, I was like, really? little it's probably seven eight you know junior high my friends would be out playing and i'd go work on weekends and and i really hated it i hated it so (laughs) bad i bet but looking back (laughs) you know i'm so thankful because now i own a company that does that same thing and Uh i'm able to employ people so it's kind of a gift and a curse but yeah yeah so my parents were hard workers um loving um just yeah, there's no complaints about my family. Sure. They're just awesome. So you, it sounds like you learned, obviously, at a young age to work hard. He tried to show me. Yeah. I didn't know if I learned. Maybe not at the time, but <laughs> yeah. but that's what was being it was instilled cultivated. in me. Yeah. But yeah, but I wasn't the best. Yeah. I fought, and he sometimes he would just leave me home because I threw such a fit. You know, waking <laughs> up in the morning and it's like, come on. Yeah, he yeah. just wanted some help to go help sure. him. Looking back, you know, yeah. I'm like, oh man, I wish I would have been a little bit better and a little yeah. bit, you know, for all they did for me. Yeah. So and that helped pay for our soccer tournaments, and oh yeah, we had to earn our way. So, so yeah. yeah, very cool. Um, what. What was it like, you know, like say in high school, were you, were you a confident kid? Did you walk around feeling pretty confident or did you? I thought I was, but looking back later Mm -hmm. in life, once again, you know, in retrospect after, so the, the Lord tab feeling, you know, that I had, that's when I had it in high school. So I, I was confident, but I was, I was careful with who I was friends with too, because I didn't Mm -hmm. want, and I, and I, I was making friends with people that I was scared of. So okay. like that way I could protect myself. I was good at meeting people, good at talking to people. And so I figure, you know, keep your enemies closer type attitude, <laughs> right. you know, in yeah. high school. So I sure. guess there was fear, but there not anything that I noticed until later on in life. You know, I didn't realize why I, I some of the behaviors manifested themselves. But I but looking back, yes, I was a scared kid, fearful of a lot of things. But I then I didn't know. Yeah, I you didn't, didn't know. Really, it. Right. You didn't yeah. know. it. Yeah. Well, so. I mean, we mentioned at the beginning of this, you know, you, you, you've been clean and sober now for over five years, which mm-hmm. is, again, congratulations. Um, 
that is that is every day. yeah a blessing and a miracle mm-hmm. and I, I know you would agree with that yes so let's talk about like let's go back obviously like huh? what what happened and how did you got, get kind of wrapped up in maybe the drug scene or the partying scene or you know so the first time I ever took a I took a lower tab that was the first time I ever felt high but I didn't know that I was high like I I didn't I was a sophomore in high school and we were building portables for the other classes that we were in a construction class and okay and I remember that morning I just I felt I had a headache and so I went to my mom's medicine cabinet and I found a pill take as needed for pain so I took one and I remember that feeling um of I was up on the top of the portable and just felt like everything was okay you know, just that, that awesome yeah. feeling. And that's the first time I ever felt high. But at the time I didn't realize that was a high. Like I just thought something, you know, some, something was different that day. Right. And it wasn't like I went and sought that, fe- that feeling, you know, every day from then on. But later on, that was probably, my, I think it was my sophomore year. And okay. then my junior year, I had a friend that was a pharmacy tech at his dad's pharmacy. And so that's when things kind of started taking off where I realized pills were awesome because you can't smell pills on your breath. Right. Mom can't, mom can't tell really. Yeah. It's a good and, way to hide it. Yeah. And so he would just, yeah. he would steal pills from his dad's pharmacy and bring them to work. And it was probably, or to school or on the weekends, it was a yeah. weekend thing and it wasn't every weekend, but right. so I did that here and there. Um, and I didn't drink until I was a senior, I think. Okay. So I didn't touch alcohol till then. I, I, and I could be off on that a little bit, but sure. it wasn't like it was right out the gate, you know, mm-hmm. partying and doing stuff. But, and I, and I, I got two alcohol tickets the first day I drank the first night I, <laughs> I went and talked to a cop at really? the gas station. It was our police or school cop school cop. Yeah. He oh, was at wow. the gas station and I had a couple in me <laughs> and I was, you know, I was so stupid. I walked up to him thinking, Hey, and he's like, are you been drinking? You know, and I got busted. So, but that was the start of, uh, you know, uh, that you should have, you should have used that as like, maybe I yeah, shouldn't go down no. this road. Right. <laughs> no, you would <laughs> Marty think. getting busted. <laughs> yeah. You would yeah. think so that you're saying that around your senior year, are you still, you know, doing pills and stuff on the weekends and yeah. stuff at that point? Yes. And it's yeah. in, and then okay. injuries, you know, from playing sports, playing getting sports, more pills. Sure. And then I'm realizing, okay, this is fun. I can, you know, it becomes more involved. My weekends become more involved. And finally I, I did, I got kicked off the soccer team my senior year because of okay. not going to school. And, right. and my focus became partying versus uh, school. I was never good at school. I liked the social, you know, things at school, but I just, uh, I started missing school a lot more and then soccer and all the sports just kind of fell by the wayside yeah. and social events were my thing. So, so by the time you're a senior, then do you, when you, you get kicked off the team and this, at this point, do your parents know there's a problem? I think or? they just, I think like I said, we're, there's five of us and there's a lot going on. Yeah, and so busy. I don't think that they, for, yeah. they noticed a whole lot. They just thought, you know, what are you doing? Like you're ruining yeah. things, you know, cause my brother, they took state the year he was a senior and then my year. But there's a few people of of our friends that year that got kicked off the team because they got really strict with drinking. You know, if you yeah. got and my best friends were the team captains and they oh, had okay. to kick people off, you know, because oh, wow. I got kicked off because of attendance, not because I got caught at a party, but a couple of our friends, they did kick right. them off because of that. But yeah, mine was attendance related, but all it would have taken was one night and you know, there was other things going on that would have been kicked off. So, but so they noticed, you know, the downfall of some things, but it wasn't that crazy. Um, I graduated barely. So, you know, my grandpa taught at the high school I went to 
and he put out a lot of fires for me and so attendance wise so i had people and starting to like cover my track so i learned how to use relationships and to fix the things that i did wrong manipulate people manipulate yeah so yeah and and you know they were enabling your behavior by mm-hmm. covering your tracks, yeah. right? Yeah, and I don't think they noticed it, but right. yeah. And but now you know, looking back, I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, Grandpa. He's up there in heaven. I'm like, sorry, I did that to yeah. you, <laughs> but <Yeah>. thank you. <laughs> well, he'd be really proud of you right now. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, let's talk about how that progressed because obviously things got worse. So you graduate barely. Mm-hmm. So just kind of take us, you know, take us through your story. There. Uh, graduate, um, tasted girl friend down to UVSC. Um, first day down there, I was trying out for their soccer team. I broke my kneecap, couldn't work, you know? And so I went in, (laughs) that's when, you know, she's down, I'm losing my girlfriend because she's at BYU and I can't be here anymore because I broke my kneecap and I can't work and pay for school. And so that doctor, I kept calling to get more pills. You know, I moved back home and that's kind of where it started getting a lot worse, you know, right? right? Because I had a lot more time on my hands and then I wasn't using the pills for the kneecap pain. It was emotional pain even You're, more and more. I realized it was helping me uh, cope. Okay, gotcha. And so the loss of a girlfriend, basically. And um, and I, the one time I went fishing, you know, I, I was at home and I took a, a whole bottle of pills in the back of my truck and I went up fishing up in the mountains, came back home, and I, I think I took like 30 that day. So or maybe pills. a day or two. I can't quite remember, but wow. I got back and I left the empty bottle. So it was like two or three days since the prescription was filled. I sure. left it in the bed of my truck and my dad saw it. And I think that was the first time they were like, well, you've got, you know, he came and talked to me and said, are you okay? Do you have a problem? And, and that was kind of the first realization that, yeah, I think I might, but I wasn't ready to get sober at that right. point. You know, that right. was just kind of the beginning points. Beginning of it. Point. So, yeah. yeah. Wow. And then. And then I went to Utah State after a few years, uh, tried to do Utah State. I wanted to be an animal science. I wanted to, my goal was to be a veterinarian. Oh, really? And yeah, that yeah. didn't go very far because yeah. uh, then I found Oxycontin and that and that mm-hmm. just really took a hold of me. And then that's when, that was the first time I used every day. You know, the first time I... Once you once, once you I was used that once, mm-hmm. you kind of like, it, was, it changed all things. Changed and everything, yeah. I was seeking that every day, and that was the first time I felt physical withdrawals, you know, after, f- I, and, I, and I was in Lake Powell. So I started using about May um, Oxycontin. That was the first time that I really used it, okay. and I used it for, you know, daily for a few months. We had a, a family Lake Powell trip, I think it was late June or early July, and I remember getting down there, that's when the withdrawals hit and I didn't know about withdrawals. Oh, and so, so you weren't prepared. Yeah. You didn't so have I probably, yeah, I probably got high on my way down or something, right. but I was so naive about everything that, you know, I got down there and I was like, and I was just, that's when the flu feeling hit and I was like, Oh my gosh, you know, yeah, so I'm in trouble. Yep. So, so I survived it though. And did then, your family notice that? No, I don't think so. I think I, I think I was able to hide it cause there's so much going on on the houseboat. You can kind of, you're tired, you know, you're all, people are sleeping all day long if they want. So it's, yeah. yeah. So I just kind of, or I've got a stomach ache type yeah. feeling and I still didn't know. I didn't correlate it quite yet that it was the drug use that was making me feel this way. And I could have convinced myself that maybe I ate something, yeah. you know, at that time. Yeah. So sure. just naive, naive, naive. Well, so jumping back a little bit. So mm. you, you know, you go down to school, it doesn't work out. You, you break your kneecap uh, and the girl that you were in love with at the time, mm. it broke it off. It didn't work out or whatever. Yeah. 
I mean, I would imagine, are you still going through some emotional, like feeling sad and depressed and hopeless kind oh, of thing? It was, it was, I mean, this girl was everything to me, you know, like she was the, she was my high school girlfriend and she oh, was okay. the one, you know, yeah. like, and I'm gonna so, marry her yeah, exactly. And yeah. so at the time, man, uh -huh. I would have chased her anywhere. And so yeah. I chased her to be like, she probably didn't want me to go to USC, <laughs> uh, UVSC, whatever, or yeah, UVU. Right. And yeah. I probably followed her down. She's probably like, oh, come on, don't follow me. I'm yeah. trying to move away from you. But yeah. yeah, so there was just, there was just a lot of like wanting validation, wanting to feel loved and wanting to be okay, you know, and, and she was a beautiful girl. And like, I, I just figured I'd never get somebody like her again. Right. You know? So, yeah. but yeah, just a lot of, and, and once again, another failure, another setback, you know, barely graduate high school, all these things. I'm not that good at sports. I'm not, I'm just kind of mediocre at everything. So what was your belief about you at that time? You know, probably I was trying to prove something to the world. I was trying to find my way, but I just wasn't quite good enough. I wasn't good enough. I didn't fit in. Yeah. All my friends had the set life, you know, they had the wealthy parents and right. had everything. They were off to school and I, you know, I just felt like I was shorthanded. You know, I got this short stick. Right. So, yeah, yeah, but I didn't, you know, looking back, it's awesome well, to be able to sit here it's today. It's easy to look back. Yeah. Right. But at the time, I but probably hated my parents. Why couldn't you make more money? You know, like yeah. that's where probably a lot of resentment came from, which I feel guilty today even thinking that, you know, because right. we had everything we needed. Right. So maybe just not some of the emotional connection For that sure. we needed to. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so you're now taking Oxycontin every day. Mm -hmm. Talk about that and just where that led to. And Oh, man, that was that was pure hell. You know, mm -hmm. that's, that is a nasty, I never, you know, in all my drug use, I never used a uh, heroin or anything like that, but it's the same thing. You know, it was my way of being safe. And even this last, um, bout just with the uh, Lord tabs and stuff, cause that's what I ended up using, you know, right. because Oxycontin changed their formula and, and it just made it harder to use. And so I went back to Lord tabs, but just the, the whole game of, and that's kind of where I started my construction company was with Oxycontin and Oxycontin, uh, tore me down, mm -hmm. but it did show me how to work the first part of, uh, the use of it because it gave me energy. It gave me drive. It made right. me talk to people, engage. Mm -hmm. I felt like if I was high, I could call anybody and I was finally right. equal, you yeah. know, or better than. Yeah. And no, so this is a good point you yeah. bring up Jared. Like, so here you have this belief and and again, all of us go through this, mm. but you had this belief that on some level you just weren't good enough, yep. right? Yes. So here you are, and it's interesting you say what you did, and I want our listeners to catch what you just said. You felt that when you were taking that Oxycontin that you all of a sudden felt equal with other people. Mm -hmm. That was interesting that you said yeah. that, like, I can call anybody. I can do anything. And you even said it helped lead you to even creating your, your yeah. company. It gave me the confidence I lacked, you know, and, wow. and I remember feeling that way mm -hmm. that I was working at a law firm being a runner downtown and this, and I started this business in the meet yeah. in the, uh -huh. when I had some spare time and I would do some Oxycontin and I'd make a phone call to a developer and I just felt like I could sell it. Like no sales training at all. It just something in it just gave me that confidence right. and I could talk to that person. And, and so that helped me build some uh, clients and mm -hmm. it still was manageable at the time. I, I mean, I was right. sick, but it right. wasn't keeping me away, you know, 
unless so later on it, it really tore me apart but my thoughts in my head were the more money the more money i make the more drugs i can do and it's a perfect plan you know and it's just how naive once again <laughs> isn't that funny how you yeah. think it like that You're it like, worked for like three months <laughs> yeah but well so, that's why it's so deadly because you're thinking why wouldn't i take this because yeah. look what it's allowing me to do and i've got all this confidence no wonder you you people get stuck in that because yeah. who wouldn't want to feel confident yeah Right, oh. but the, that's where it's deadly because, like you just said, it doesn't last. Nope. It's synthetic. It's not real. And then, I mean, when I'm saying not real, the confidence is synthetic. Yeah, because it's really it's enhanced by something outside of you. Yeah, right. For so sure. talk about that. Three months later, you know, just trying to build the business, and I uh, ended up losing it to my brother. You know, my older brother. So once again, he comes into the story and takes what I've, you know, built. You know, it, it wasn't much of a company at that point, but I had... Uh, but again, it reinforces yeah. the belief you're not good yeah, enough to. Yeah, I can't, I can't even it. open a checking account. because I find, So finally, wow. I was taking checks in my personal name, and then finally developers needed some sort of entity to write the, you know, have insurance, all this stuff right. I've never heard of. And I actually needed a business account, you know, so I, the checking account or the banks wouldn't give me the wouldn't check. Even do that. Yeah, I owed them money. <laughs> right. So, and I couldn't, I have no credit. <laughs> so that's when my brother, my older brother took it over because he could see something was happening right. um, with the business. It was making a little bit of money, but um, so he took it over. I had to give it to him and then we kind of ran it together and he saw that I was, you know, the way I was acting, the things, it was starting to manifest itself. My, my, uh, powerlessness my uh, unmanageability and so he took it over but I still felt entitled and so I ended up taking money from the company I I kind of snaked my way into getting a client to write me a personal check for ten thousand dollars for a job we did and I went and burned it in Vegas oh, and wow. yeah and uh like over a weekend yeah weekend and I was stuck in Vegas with no money you know it was there's a lot more to that but that's kind of right. this the short story of that and in the meantime, I ran out all that money, but it was payday. So I called my brother. Hey, my other truck was at the, the shop. Can you leave my paycheck on the, or maybe I was back. I was back at this time. Mm -hmm. I needed money. And he went to go drop a check off at the shop in my console, in my truck, but he saw the other check stub from that company to me. And so I got busted oh, stealing wow. company funds. And, okay. you know, and that's kind of where it all just, uh, we had a big family meeting and that's, mm. that was the first time I ever went to treatment um, oh, okay. when they called me out and, you know, but I, I felt like it was every, every piece of me felt like I deserved every dime of that. But looking back, I'm like, man, that's what a funny. mess. Like it was all about me. I deserved yeah. everything, you know, well, get out of my way. Cause I'm that's the other, it. one of the other, I mean, there's many negatives to addiction, but that's one of the biggest ones is we become really selfish. Mm, like, yep. it's all about me. I don't yeah. care if this hurts you, you know? That. And because people who know you, I mean, you know, and I know a lot of people who know you, yeah. you're like the nicest guy. <laughs> you're the greatest guy. They love you. Mm, appreciate that. So you're going to, so back then you were going against who you really were. Yeah. Right? For sure. Yeah. And, you know, and I just, Luckily that happened, you know, luckily I yeah. took that $10,000. Luckily my brother found that luckily all these things happened because that is what brought the family together. Yeah. And finally, you know, after a big meeting about my grandparents were there, you know, I, I'm the only addict in the family. Right. So I'm the, out of six people, I'm the one that has the disease of addiction. And, um, 
I just remember being upstairs yelling and fighting, you know, because my ego was so big. I started this company, yet I couldn't even open a checking account. Right. You know, it's just yeah. so. And finally, <laughs> yeah. my sister was there, and she just asked, you know, do you need help? And that was when, like, that small, that simple a question. Just simple question, yeah, yeah. I just, like, broke down all my walls, and I just was like, yes. You know, and then within three days, I was into treatment. So for the first time, that was my first time in treatment. And, uh, you know, I was able to stay sober for a little while. Yeah. So, but yeah, that's kind of a little bit of that. I was 23 at this time. 23. Okay. You mentioned something I want to point out. You said, luckily my brother found that check stub. Yeah. Luckily he brought it to my attention and called Mm -hmm. me out on it. And I want to point that out because I think it's interesting because what, what what I'm hearing you say is that was you're looking at that as a blessing. Yeah. Because had that not happened, you would have kept going the, oh. the path you're going. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would have stolen more. You know, who yeah. knows? It could have been another weekend where I overdose. I drive a company truck and I hit a family and I kill them. You know, right. there's just so many, so things, many things that can happen. And yeah. so luckily that yeah. didn't happen. I love that you say that because I point out to my listeners and my clients all the time that life happens for us. Mm-hmm. Even even like some that. of the toughest horrific times, it's actually happening for us. Or in other words, it's a blessing. Yep. We may not see it in the moment, mm-hmm. but like you said, when we look back, we go, "Oh man, I am so glad that happened." Yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah, so I. You know, just the whole experience of it, because I I can still feel the uh, how blind I was to what my actions were. You know, I yeah. was just so caught up in addiction, and and I, everybody owed me something. Um, Right. And so how could you do this to me? And then feeling the the 180 degree shift of ego and then the spirit of my sister being somebody who comes in and asks a simple question instead of yelling at me and telling me I'm yeah. a piece of crap, right. which that's what I felt like my family sure. was, was saying. Right. She kind of just just opened things up with just that. You know, She was the one that needed to say what needed to be said at yeah. that time. Yeah. And I responded. I was on the same frequency as her. Yeah. So wow. that's. So you go to treatment um, and you get out of treatment. Mm-hmm. And so you relapsed. Uh, uh, 18 months. Right? Yeah. You 18, made it 18 I, months. Yeah, I made it 18 months. My grandpa died. Um, you know, okay. and I, 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 I don't blame it on that, but I was young. I feel like I was really young at the time. I, I, but it was my first taste of recovery. I was able to yeah, right. learn about AA, learn about the steps, learn about the disease model of addiction, you know, I didn't know what was wrong with me. I was an LDS kid who just used substances and I, all my friends were normal. I was somebody, I I just thought I was broken again. So to go into treatment and learn about the disease of alcohol and uh, drug addiction was the coolest thing ever. And I really, I really loved it. And I graduated. I, I was in, it was up in park city, um, Renaissance ranch. And I drove every day to aftercare. You know, I ran right. my business. I still work. Still and so, doing your yeah. yeah. And so, but I graduated, and that was the first thing I ever graduated. And I and I still have the the little badge that they gave me because yeah. that was like a lot the of one pride thing. Yeah, the one yeah. thing I followed sure. through, and I gave it all I knew gave how to all. give. You know, and so, so you have you know obviously you have a, a, a relapse after eighteen months. Did that last for a long time? Yeah, that was okay. Let's talk about, about that. Five or six years. So, so it, was, it was up until the point where I just got sober again. Wow. So, okay. so then you go hard again yeah. for another five plus and years. It, and it wasn't necessarily oxycontin this time. You know, because like they they changed the uh, formulation and and what happened was I hired an employee who one day at work, you know how 
just, hey, do you want to buy some more tabs? And and I had been sober long enough that I thought, yeah, I can handle this again. Yeah, one. Yeah, I can do so it. So I'm like, yeah, yeah I've, I've been all right. And yeah, how so, often do we hear that? Yeah, no right? kidding. It, it doesn't work, guys. <laughs> if you want to save yourself pain and heartache, exactly. you're not cured. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you can, uh, but so I, he, yeah, I'm like, yeah, let's do it. And so I bought some from him. And then that's when it it just, I think I bought five or six Lord tabs at that time, which is a small dose, you know, from the right. amount of Oxycontin I was using. So I was like, okay, it's not that much. But then I started taking it every day and, you know, and I just, every day I had to have it and, yeah. and I was still running my business and I was spending hundreds of dollars a day by the end of it. And it was, I was taking, um, a lot of Tylenol in those pills. You know, the, if the Lord tabs weren't going to kill me, the opiate, the Tylenol was killing my liver. And so yeah, wow. I would check my, yeah. and, and so, and once again, naive about Tylenol, I didn't know that it was bad for you. Like I just, I've just saw a drug that I could take to get me high. I didn't know all the side effects of mm -hmm. that drug. And yeah. so one day, I took a bunch. Well, I couldn't get my Lortab 10 milligrams. So I got fives from a guy. And so to get my dose, I had to double the dose double to the get. Dose. So, and right. I'm taking double the amount of acetaminophen. And I remember, uh, like 12 hours later, I started puking bile and just, oh, you know, wow. and then I'm like, is this something's wrong? So something clicked in me to Google right. or call poison control because I'm like, there's something wrong with me. And at this time, my parents think I'm still doing okay. They're probably worried about me sure. because of action. They're probably and stuff. noticing that yeah, something's but off. They're, but I haven't come out and said, I need help or right. I'm, I'm using again. I tried to hide it. And yeah. so I had to, I call poison control and I just, I tell them how many I, I took and, um, and they said, you need to go to the emergency room. So I took, I can't remember the total amount, but, um, so I, I remember just getting in my truck, driving to the emergency room. First time in the emergency room is a, you know, using pills, um, been there for other things, but as a drug overdose. And so I, I go in, I get checked in, I'm crying, I'm praying to praying to God that I'm sure. not going to die. And, yeah. and the nurse is telling me, okay, well, this is what happens if your liver's going into failure. And so they draw my blood and and in the meantime, while the, everyone's out of the room, I, like I said, I'm gam I'm praying, um, bargaining with God. I will never do this again. And yeah. doctor comes back in and tells me all my, all of the Tylenol is out of my body. Like I didn't have any, it, it metabolized, metabolized it really well. Out. Yeah. So first thing my addict brain tells me is I've got a killer liver. You know, so I, I all those prayers, <laughs> yeah, all those prayers and cries to God at that, like 10 kidding. minutes. Yeah. 10 minutes before that disease takes over and I'm walking out the front door and I'm calling my dealer again to get more pills. Cause it'd been almost 24 hours. Right. And so, and it went on and on and, but I could tell I was taking more and more and I just started Googling more about acetaminophen poisoning and what happens to your liver. So this, now I'm really feeling the effects of like internal physical yeah. pain and like what's going to happen if my liver goes out and, and my, I'd check my eyes, make sure they weren't yellow from jaundice, you yeah, know, just all these right. things. That, and sure. if they weren't, I was good to go that day. So Jeez. a lot of fear, like just, yeah. a, it was a scary but, but time not to enough live. Fear. Yeah, it did it, just <laughs> enough. And then I used again yeah. and that fear went away once again, sure. but it was a scary time in my life. And I'm, I'm super grateful um, that we have amazing bodies that, 
repair and heal yeah. itself. I probably did a lot of damage, but sure. um, I get checked every year or two right. for just to liver make sure. stuff, and, yeah. I, and I'm healthy, which is amazing for what yeah. I probably took a few years off my life, but yeah. you know, today I well, I'm grateful. I'm grateful too that you're here, dude. Yeah, and I love what you're doing now, and I I want to. I know there's a lot to your story that we can yeah. get into, but as you're talking, I wanted to talk about your relationship if you're if you're comfortable with it, with your higher power with God. Yeah. If, is that okay? Yes. Like how has that helped you to get to where you're even at right now? It's a it's a ever changing relationship. I think you okay. know I'm not going to be the guy that's going to sit here and be like I've got the most awesome relationship with my higher power. Mm -hmm. I'm the guy that struggles daily to connect okay. with him. Sure. I take a lot of ego, you know, but I'm working constantly. I know that his hand is in everything and I try to acknowledge him in all things, but right. then ego comes back and I forget like when things are going good, I forget. Yeah. But, but that's what I love about where I'm at today is I can know that I'm not being a hundred percent and what, yeah. well, you're never going to be a hundred percent. I'm seeking to find him still. Gotcha. And I know he's out there and I know that it's a cool question because it makes me really, I, I know that there's something out there and that something is helping me Yeah. and, and uh, really seeking that answer is my journey right now. And it's cool. Cause if yeah. I'm sober, I know he's, I, and I, I, I one, I a hundred percent believe in my higher power. Right. It's me that forgets that he's there. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and, and I think most people hearing you right now probably can relate with that. Yeah. Well, I get you nervous know? cause I want to be the guy that, you know, that can just firmly, you know, stamp on the, on the desk and be like, I know, but right. today, you know, a lot of, most of the times I know, but I forget. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, what it tells me, uh, Jared, you're just human, mm -hmm. you know, and I love what you're saying. You're just being humble about it. And that, that's powerful. Yeah. So I, I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah. I know sometimes that's a really sensitive no, question, but thanks for being real yeah. with us. I love that. Yeah. Thank you, man. Mm -hmm. um, so I want to, now you've been clean five years mm -hmm. uh, and you're doing some great stuff. Let's talk about some of this good stuff you're doing right okay. now. You've got a brand called Recovery Strong. Yeah. Let's talk about that and where did that come from and how did you, and what's your plans with all of that? Yeah, that's... That's another good question. Yeah. So um, it's uh, I started that. So going back to a little bit to the the liver thing. Oh yeah, you know please. the body yeah. and yeah. Um, I started doing a lot of cycling when I started using drugs, uh, road biking. You know, doing okay. doing some long distance road biking and and so when I got sober, um, the last time I did a race, I quit at eighty miles and I was high on Adderall and all this stuff. You know, and I feel like I really hurt my heart when I was oh, racing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I got, so, so that was in October of 2014, this race. And so I got sober in January of 2015. And, um, I start I, I started riding bikes when I was about 60 days sober again, I wanted to focus on recovery. I wanted to just work on my spiritual and my emotional and mental health and I, physical could wait. So at 60 days sober, I finally, and it was cold, you know, so finally March comes around and I'm like, Hey, I can get on my bike again, but I had a new purpose. Finally, I finally felt again. And yeah. that's, and speaking about higher power, there's nothing more spiritual than being on a road bike, riding up a Canyon and looking at all the beautiful the scenery. Beauty, yeah, and and then sure. that's when I know there's somebody out there watching over and protecting yeah. me. And so, but then I started learning about like, um, bonking on us on a bike you know sugar and your liver and how your liver's processing glycogen right. you know i'm not going to sit and tell it i think i know everything about it but so when i did lotage uh, so 
I did Lodge a nine months sober, which is a 206 mile bike race. Jeez. And so I liked, uh, <laughs> Uh, Lance Armstrong Live Strong Foundation, and oh, yeah. that's where I thought one day in treatment, um, my counselor asked how we we're going to change the name of recovery or change the the stigma of addiction, and I thought of that. I said recovery strong, you know, and so it just yeah. kind of came to me because yeah. of the Live Strong stuff, and sure, and it was like within a couple weeks, I ha- I own the website and I own the na- nobody owned the <laughs> name at that point, and well, so it just kind of happened, huh? yeah. yeah. And, and, so that's where the name came from. I was nine months sober approximately and started doing cycling and and just wanted to raise awareness that of what we can do when we get sober. You know, a guy that was broken wondering if his liver was gonna fail. Right. Now I'm doing long distance riding and I'm not sure. the fastest. I'm just happy to cross but you're the finish doing line. It. Yeah, right. Yeah. So nine months sober. <laughs> that's awesome. Doing a twelve hour bike ride through the Teton mm-hmm. or not Tetons, but uh, right. you know, through uh Wyoming and stuff and so that was that's another one of those little battles the night the loaded race the at nine months like i can do hard things you know yeah. you hear that all the time we can sure, do hard can do things, hard things yeah. that was another one of those hard things in recovery that i did and it just instilled this confidence finally confidence is coming in naturally you know in, in positive ways instead of through substances the right. substance is good i guess so right yeah so Very that's kind of cool. where the name started Got, gotcha and you know and now it's just a a cool brand that we play around with and you know and i we've uh we started a workout at my sister's gym she owns a gym okay. up in layton and we've and we would have been having our two-year anniversary like this week um because a treatment center shut down in davis county okay so i said well let, let, i want to help like give somebody an outlet that was in treatment maybe they can come work out come with work us out one night, right, yeah. a week and we did it for free and wow. it just we'd get 20 30 people every week Seriously. and we were having our two-year anniversary until coronavirus hit uh, but yeah. we'll have a big celebration You'll once this there. goes away yeah very so cool that I was the that. and that's the way i stay sober is yeah helping you know being available and helping others well so. we talked about that before we started today is you know step 12 is reach out and help someone else who's mm-hmm. been struggling because you know now that you've had this awakening and i love that because i really believe if you master that step mm-hmm. You'll never touch another drop or a drug or anything. Yeah. And so, but that's why I love you, Jared, because, I mean, you really are passionate about helping other people. And, you know, I know we know a lot of uh, the same people and they can't say enough good about you, dude. That's good to know. (laughs) That's good to hear. It's all good, dude. (laughs) Yeah, that's good. And, you know, going back in your story, as, as I sit there and listen to your story, you know, if we go back when I, you know, you were talking about how, you know, kind of your parents instilled in you of hard work, mm-hmm. you had to kind of pay your own way kind of thing. Yeah. And what I see now of what you're doing now, it's almost like that cultivation, even at the time you didn't notice or appreciate it. But because of that, look, this is what you're doing now. You're a hard worker. You got your own business. Yeah. You're, you're working on this brand. You want to bring awareness. You want to help people. Mm-hmm. And it, it wouldn't happen if you weren't a hard worker. Yeah. You know what I mean? I just thought I just saw that no, correlation there. Yeah, it's cool to see. You know where I like because I love the thought of like uh, generational people that worked hard and you passed the legacy. I guess is Absolute, the word I'm looking yeah, for. Yeah, there you go. And my dad can be proud, and my mom can be proud with, of what they've instilled mm-hmm. in me, even even with yeah. all the teeth gnashing and clawing. You know, sure. that I put oh, in. Yeah, but yeah, we'll yeah. Appreciate that. So. Well, I really believe that addiction's your wake up call to your greatness. Mm. And I think you went through all of that so you could do what you're doing now. Yeah. And that's why you're so good at it. 
I really believe that, dude. I appreciate it. It's just it. so it's... cool to see this. Well, um, if you, you know, if you could maybe give our challenge, uh, our listen, our listeners a challenge, you know, just maybe someone's hearing your story right now and they're going, man, I'm struggling too, or I'm, I've got a problem with some lore tabs or mm-hmm. anything. What, what advice or challenge could you give our listeners that are hearing your story? Um, that there's an answer, you know, that there's help. There's people out there that are willing to give you the, uh, the solace and the respite you need. You know, mm-hmm. there's, there's a, there's a calm in the storm you're in, you know, cause okay. I would wake up, I would wake up and when I would be going to my dealer's house to buy more Lord tabs, I'd be in tears, you know, I, cause I didn't want to go buy Lord tabs, but I had to, you know, that's the way I felt. Right. And just, right. Yeah. Because physically I needed it, and so there's an answer. There's a there's a different way of living. Um, had a best friend that just checked into treatment two days ago. You oh, know, who was just we thought he was going to be dead, and oh, wow. you know, and I just felt so bad for him because he's got two kids like me. And there's an answer to the pain and the misery, and it's recovery. And Ooh, I love that recovery is everything you want it to be like yeah. i just my life is so good today and i know mm-hmm. that's not what people want to hear that are struggling you know like well, right. that, uh, my life sucks right now yeah, I don't... <laughs> my life sucked for a long time but then mm-hmm. when i realized get out of my own way and let others help and be honest that's when i started helping others and then that's when right things started changing you know my construction company we hire guys out of prison that have su- that have struggled like oh, really? i was just counting we have 10 employees it's a small company but eight of the 10 including me are in recovery in recovery wow. you know, in some form or That's another cool. right. and so we got two guys starting on monday that are the same you know just trying to try and we don't know what's going to happen we give them we try and help we give them that opportunity it's up to them to take it and right if not we'll just say well thank you but we're here <laughs> for you if you need help you know in your recovery yeah so, but yeah it's just so there's help out there um there's an answer there's you know and i and i there is a god who loves me there's a god who loves you there's a god who loves all of us and so um we've just got to reach out sure and find that yeah love that love that jared very good advice very good challenge and i agree with you man it's you know if you're in a dark place right now and, and and i can relate to i've been there too and and there it does get better and reach out and because there's so many people that want to help and i think that's why we go through challenges is that now we can turn back and help others get to where we're at how did you get through this jared how did you make it and and it's good to hear your story it's just really inspiring yeah it's i'm I'm just (laughs) blessed like i'm honored to be here i you know i was mm-hmm. able to go speak at a treatment center two weeks ago with the mm-hmm. coronavirus and mm-hmm. it's just it's cool to be on this side of things where people you know you're doing something not that you yeah. need the praise or applause but it shows the way you're living is being noticed and that you can help bet you can help better yeah. other people's lives yeah. so it's it's a i'm honored to do this kind of stuff yeah. it's scary yeah. So, but it's no greater high yeah, than this. I though, know. Right? Yeah, it feels good. <laughs> <laughs> it feels good. Well, you're awesome, man. Yeah. Well, if someone who's hearing this story and want they want to get to know you better or ask you a question or, you know, follow you, what would be the best way for them to reach out to you? So, you Jared at recoverystrong.com. J A R E D. That's how you spell it. Okay. Um, Instagram. You could just hashtag recoverystrong, and you'll see a lot of our posts. You'll or get there. Yeah. People that follow us because we sell a lot of apparel through. You know, like 
we ship a lot out of state and it's cool nice. to see that brand kind of grow it's and blossom grow. and and uh and so there's that there's facebook you know recovery strong facebook group um yeah and they they can reach me out on instagram um live underscore recovery underscore strong so okay they, recovery strong was taken so You're i don't like, have that it. one but yeah, yeah so that's the best way and i get people all the time just reaching out you know from all over the the country actually it's cool i don't have a ton of followers but the but to have somebody reach out and ask, you know, say I've, I've helped them or inspired them through exercise. Cause I post a lot of stuff about mental right. and physical health and love it. And, um, you know, and one thing I've been doing this week and this is cool is I've been getting up early and working out. Mm-hmm. And so that right there has helped me a ton just in the last few days, sure. like getting up, being productive in the morning. Cause when I got sober, I was scared to wake up. I didn't want to face the day. And so now yeah. I'm still scared to get up a lot of times, but I get up and I just, I, yeah. I, let's, let's do this today. Wow. You know, what can That's I do awesome. to be better today? Yeah. So Very yeah, cool. well, there's the social medias. Okay. But, yeah. Well, thank you. Well, I want to thank you for spending some time with us today and being vulnerable and, yeah. and, and honoring us with your story and how you overcame uh, your, your adversity and your addiction. And it's, it's just really inspiring for all of us including myself it really makes me want to do better you know as i hear what you're doing it's so cool yeah you're doing awesome so i appreciate you having me you betcha well there you go folks another amazing story uh from another amazing person uh, jared shaw please follow him please reach out to him and uh check out his brand man by he's got not only is it a cool brand, I'm telling you, it's some of the most comfortable uh, apparel I've ever put on. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> so, yeah, reach out to him and get some of that and, uh, and spread the word. And thank you again for believing in me. And again, Brassley Networks, thanks for the sponsorship. Love you so much. And until uh, next time, folks. Bye.